and what's going on, neighbors? We're happy to have you back for another walk around the cul-de-sac. Sorry to miss you last week. We were a little busy, but we got some news we'd like to share with you. But before we dive into that and all of our content, I'd like to introduce my lovely friends here. I got my good buddy, Graham. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. And my uh, old friend over here, Greg, how are you? What's good, guys? How's it been? Oh, doing good, guys. I hope you guys had a great weekend. And like I said, I know we haven't been here for a week, so I hope you guys' weeks have been good. Yeah, man, it's been it's been good. Um, so last time was probably before July fourth. So I mean, had a good July fourth. Had the family out. Another good work week, and had no- another enjoyable weekend this weekend. Man, had actually had some beautiful weather when they were calling for thunderstorms. So that's always a nice little bonus there. Oh hell yeah, it's been hot as a mother out here too, man. And how about you, Graham? You had a good week, right? Yeah, I've had a couple good weeks. I mean, I've seen you a bunch. We do, we do the Buffalo binge. So yep, I. I haven't missed much with you. I, I missed a little bit with Greg, not not having Greg around for the last couple of weeks too. And I, man, my weeks have been great. Yeah, it's just it's just hot. Yeah, I'm like I'm gonna very. die every day at work, but that's <laughs> that is what it is, man. That's the way the job works. Yeah, well, it's good to be back on the mic with you guys. And as always, we we hope the best for each other here, and hope the best for our neighbors. So, diving into our content today, we've got a little bit of MLB news. And Greg, I'd like to start with you. Uh, what have what have you been hearing out of the MLB? Well, so since we missed last week, we never really covered um, that they did release their official schedule. Um, so we we know who's playing when and how the schedule is going to break down. Um, basically, so for your 60 games, you're going to play each team in your division 10 times. So that's 40 games. And then you're going to play the opposite league. Another try that. times. Yeah. So you'll have your NL East versus AL East, NL Central, AL Central, and so on. Um, so the season starts off with the Nationals playing against the Yankees, which should be a real fun way to kick off the season. And I'm really looking forward to some baseball. Yeah, man. I mean, it's definitely a pleasure to get the sport back in our lives. And I'm just glad they got something concrete, set in stone, moving forward to get baseball back on TV. Uh, there is going to be a little hindering here, I think, Graham. How about, you know, there's some news about Mike Trout possibly leaving for the season. Yeah, I did hear that he's planning on opting out um, from playing because of all the COVID stuff. And I know that David Price just opted out. A lot of guys have been opting out. And it, it's a little scary. But at the same time, it's understandable. It really is. I mean, it's. Def- I feel like it's definitely going to cause a domino effect across the league, especially with a player of Mike Trout's caliber. And in my opinion, he's the face of baseball. Oh, I agree. So moving forward, I think a lot of guys, Greg, I know you spoke in the past that you think a lot of guys are really going to opt out if he if he moves forward with deciding not to play. Yeah, I, I mean, it depends on what your definition of a lot is. I definitely think we'll see a domino effect coming out of him opting out if that's what he chooses. Um, kind of like for an example, so Nick Markakis for the Braves already opted out. Uh, and he didn't decide to opt out until after he was on a phone call with his teammate, Freddie Freeman, who did actually test positive for COVID-19 and he said it was a really eye-opening talk and literally that talk made him decide that he's opting out yeah so I think Marcakis has made tons of money through his career so why even risk it right exactly and so I think that if if a lot of people see Mike Trout opt out I think that's gonna a lot of a few other players are gonna follow suit and we might see some more big names because right now the biggest name I think is David Price on, and probably you could throw Nick Markakis into there as well. I, I'd but, also say Ryan Zimmerman. I mean, championship yeah. nationals team, first 
pick by the Nationals, choosing to take his family over over ball. And that's okay with me. I mean, I understand at some point, you know, all these guys, we've all reiterated enough. You got to be selfish at some point when you're a professional athlete. And this is just something that I don't even view as selfish. He's just trying to be safe for his newborn child. And But it, it is nice to uh, get moving forward with baseball. Uh, but I want to dive into something. Do you guys think if all these players um, choose to opt out, do you think that this is going to be a good opportunity for like minor leaguers to come up and prove themselves? Graham, I'd like to start with you. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I know that the minor leaguers have been really struggling with having a lot of their contracts canceled and, and giving getting the opportunity to play in the MLB is a dream for so many of these guys. And having more and more players opt out gives you that opportunity. And I think that that is going to mean so much to a lot of these guys that may never get a shot. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, like you stated, a lot of the minor league guys, in fact, I think if I'm not mistaken, all minor league contracts were cut. And that was something where the MLBPA was trying to come up with for the players who were making millions and millions of dollars to help pay for these guys. And some people did donate. Now, Greg, do you think that that's a possibility that some of these minor league prospects that maybe they weren't expecting to get up, get a chance to come up and prove what they got early? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously going to be, like you were just talking about, the logistics of the contracts about it because technically, I guess, their contracts have been voided for this year. So would they have to sign them to a one-year deal? So there might be some semantics in there. But, I mean, of of course, it's going to provide good opportunities. I mean, there's going to be roster spots open because of this. So it makes sense. Um, The only thing now, or I guess something you could piggyback onto that is that I know that they are doing the MLB bubble. Um, they're kind of trying to keep everybody at their stadium until teams start playing each other. So there's a couple other things to weigh in there. But if there's roster spots available, it's definitely good opportunities for those kids. Oh, yeah. And, I, you know, I, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to ESPN. Every now and again, they've got some videos of the teams up in their own stadiums doing BP and stuff. And I think that's a good way to get the fans back involved with sports that haven't been around for a while. Yeah, get them excited about something again. You know, it's really cool. And, you know, the guys are having a good time. You can see on on camera that they're laughing. They're they're doing what they got to do and trying to keep it as serious as possible with everything going on. And I think it's just a good way to get the fans involved. And the, I, the only thing that's real concerning so far is that there have been positive cases of coronavirus on teams already. Yeah. The Yankees in particular just had Araldis Chapman test positive. And uh, DJ LeMayhew and um, I think one other guy who Greg, Luis Greg, you know, yes, yes. So that can be concerning that there are there's already been a couple teams other than the Yankees that have had positive cases and Freddie Freeman that Greg mentioned is one of them. Right. And I mean, we'll see how that plays out, though. I mean, there's going to be a lot of guys who need to make big time decisions, not only for their sake, but for their families and the organization going forward. And it took a while to get this deal done. And. It's kind of, you know, being a ball player myself, I'm kind of wondering how these guys didn't already make this decision before the deal was made. Right. Because you're sitting there and you're arguing with the MLB about money and contracts. And Mike Trout, I don't know what side he was on, really, if he was saying, hey, I want to play or I don't really care. But that's one guy who's one of the highest paid baseball players in the league. So why are you waiting till now to just be like, Oh yeah, I don't think I'm gonna play this year. Well, he he doesn't really know yet. But that's the thing. Like I feel like that was something that should have been talked about amongst the MLBPA. Get all the players in a call and just like ask them, hey, who would not play if we got a deal done? Because yeah, now because, it kind of seems like this is a waste of time, right? Because you know that if if Trout opts out, who else is gonna opt out as far as a big name? And 
like you said, if you're showing up to do this, I think that you should have already had it in your mind. Okay, I'm playing. If yeah. I'm showing up, I'm playing. Yeah. How about you, Greg? What do you got to say about that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely going to be tough for like owners because like you were saying like they already made this agreement so they were already under the impression like that yeah like there might be some opt-outs but like the angels owner is probably was probably under the impression that mike trout was going to play and while they're not too worried about putting butts in seats because there's going to be no ticket sales but like television contracts and all that are going to be affected too because i mean like what if a lot more what if he does opt out? There's probably going to be a chunk of people that might not watch. So it's, it is. It's it's an interesting thing that this kind of wasn't already addressed before yeah. the yeah. contracts were signed, I guess. Yeah, that's just like the biggest question mark I had with this was just like, I didn't I don't really understand how players are just now saying it, because at one point, Snell, the pitcher for the Rays, was even saying, if I don't get my money, I'm not playing. OK, well, guess what? We got your money. And he's even one of the players who's talking about not coming in and playing. So it's like, why would you even put your team in that circumstance to get this deal done? And then afterwards just say, okay, I might not actually play. Like it it was just a lot of unnecessary drama and it could have, it could have saved a lot of these minor leaguers, the chance to keep their contracts open to get guys up here. So teams could figure out, okay, if, if Trout's not playing, we've got a number one prospect outfielder in the minor leagues. We'll keep his contract alive. We'll call him up for the season. And we'll handle it like that. Now you're just putting the owners in a shitty spot, man, honestly. Yeah, I agree with you with that. You know what I mean? So we'll see how that goes out playing forward. I mean, I'm a huge baseball guy. I, I hope that some underdog prospects get to come up here and take advantage of some of these all-stars leaving. And you know what? I've, I've seen crazier things, but some of these guys could come in and take over jobs. So that'd be a cool underdog story to watch, in my opinion, you know? Yeah, man, we'll have to wait and see. Like I said, there's obviously the other semantics of it and contracts and bubbles and all that, but yep. baseball's coming back um, in one way or another. It might not be the exact way that we wished it would or wanted it to, but I mean, Can't hey, it's, it's yeah, we've got baseball. We've, we got what we were asking for, and we'll just have to take it with how it is. Now, did you guys see the batting practice or the 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 live scrimmage that the Yankees were doing this past week with uh, Masahiro Tanaka and um, Stanton and Mark John Carlos Stanton, man, that was yeah. terrible, man. Yeah. I, that that's always a scary sight seeing a guy. You know, I'm I'm a Red Sox fan. You guys know that, but at the same time, I I'm a baseball fan, and even just seeing a Yankee guy get hit, the first thing I'm thinking about is his health because I've been hit a bunch. I'm, I used to be a pitcher. I know what it feels like. It does not feel good. No. And every time you get hit in the head or close to the temple, it's a scary situation for that team. You don't know what's going to happen because he could get up, walk around. Next thing you know, he could collapse. But, you know, being a baseball fan, I'm happy that I believe, Greg, you stated that he was on a good road to recovery, right? Yeah. I mean, he's going to, he went through concussion protocol and all of that, of course. Um, he was seen back at the back at not participating, but back at practices either later in the week when he got hit or the week after. So like he's already, he has come back. He's not, I don't think he's quite practicing yet, but I mean, it, it, it could have, it, like you said, it could have been worse. It could have been a lot worse. So he's, he's doing all right. Um, we'll see. He's not going to be the day one starter because we got Garrett Cole now, but we'll see if he, he's ready by the time uh, the season starts. Yeah, I'm hoping so, man, because Tanaka, is, he's got some good stuff, and I've liked what he's done with the Yankees so far in his career. And me being a former pitcher myself, I know that anytime you see a ball coming back at you on the mound, it's scary. It's scary as hell, and, man. And, I mean, and to get hit in the head. Yeah. Man. By Giancarlo Stanton. I mean, John Carlos Stanton. I mean, uh, 
I mean, they were saying that ball was like 110 miles an hour. Isn't that crazy though? Like, think about that. Like if somebody hits you with a hammer at 30 miles an hour, you have potential of, of dying, of dying. Yeah. But you can take a 110 mile an hour freaking fastball Off to the, the side dome of your head, yeah. and get up and play a week later. Like that's just crazy. The human body is a crazy thing. And the fact that it can even endure that kind of pain and suffering is well, he's just is he's a lucky nuts. guy he's a lucky guy man. he is lucky and you could see like the frustration just in john carlo because these guys you know they have they want to play just as bad as the fans want to see him play and to take out your own guy is nothing you're ever trying to do well and it's not like he did it intentionally it's right. just it's a it's it's a freak thing it's i wouldn't even call it a freak thing it's just something that happens yeah guys time the pitch perfectly that's exactly you take the pitch right back from where it came and all yeah. of a sudden you're getting nailed in the head yeah i mean before it, you have time to react like you you think about it, you got less than a second to react on a pitch that's going 96. Ball coming back at you at 110, you're, you're even faster than that. Yeah. It's the reaction time. Yeah. So it's pretty wild. But yeah, I mean, we'll see how that goes for. I mean, I know when we were, uh, you know, training for baseball ourselves, every time you do the screen hitting, they tell you, hey, you got to hit it right back at me. That's how you know you squared up. So, I mean, in one way, it was a perfect hit. You know, in in a, yeah. in a way, it's honestly it sounds, a big yeah. hit. You yeah. know what I mean? But it just sucks that he took out his own player. But yeah, moving on. Uh, we hope the best for baseball. We hope the best for Tanaka as baseball fans. Uh, F1 racing has been one of the only sports happening in the world. Greg, why don't you fill us in on a little bit of what's going on there? So it took four months, uh, but F1 is finally back. Um, they were originally sp- supposed to start in mid March, um, but after one of the McLaren crew members tested positive. They decided to put the season on hold along with the rest of the sports world, but it is back. Uh, they just finished their second race this weekend, and it's definitely going to be different because of all the changes. But I'm just I'm happy it's back, you guys. It's I know, like you said, you guys aren't familiar with it, but it's just it's one of my favorite things to watch. Heck yeah, man! I mean, don't get me wrong, I love watching cars go fast. I just wish I was the one driving them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I want to be the one going 200 miles an hour. But so, how many races, Greg? For the people who don't know, how many races usually happen and how many races are they talking about having this year? So the original schedule this year was supposed to have 22 races. They were adding two new races, one in Vietnam and one in Portugal, right? Portugal originally wasn't on the schedule. There is talks that Portugal could get a race this year due to um, a lot of the postponements and a lot of the cancellations. Um, especially they're looking at the weekend that the Chinese Grand Prix was supposed to be taking place or where it would have fit into the revamped schedule. They might be doing a race at Portugal, but this week they did. So we'll bring it back to the original announcement was eight races. They did add two more this week. So right now it looks like we're going to have 10 races this season. And how many do they usually have? He said 20. So so 22. So right now it's going to be, Right now, it's looking like it's going to be half a schedule. Um, they are still trying to reschedule a few of the races. Um, it looks like they only officially canceled six, seven of them. And so they're trying to re- reschedule a lot of them. I mean, these tracks run other racing leagues, so they kind of got to fit into each other's schedules. Um, so we could see that number go up, but right now there's only 10 scheduled. Okay, and and so uh, for people that don't know, out of those races, like what? How does the point system work in F one? So, overall, their championship is decided by there's the drivers championship and then the constructors championship. The points that are earned each race go towards each championship. So, 
like each team has two drivers. So Mercedes drivers, there's two two of them. Each of them earn their own points for the drivers championship. Both of those point totals combine for the constructors. Okay, that's pretty cool that, how they do that. So yeah, so um, so even if like you're you might not win, it doesn't happen too often because usually there is a team that's just far and away dominant. But there is the possibility that you could win a drivers championship, but not the constructors because you weren't the best team overall. That's really interesting, actually. Yeah, it is. Really I actually like the way that's laid out because it kind of gives one driver a chance to shoot show that he's better than the other on yeah. his team. And moving, I don't even know what the contracts are like for this sport, uh, but I'm assuming they probably get paid good money because their lives are at risk every single time they get behind the wheel. Yeah, uh, def- it, it, safety is definitely a huge thing. Um, so basically, there's Formula Two. Basically, it's the AAA of Formula One is probably the easiest way to describe it. A lot of the racers move up from there to become Formula One drivers. There actually was a death last year. So like, while while the safety has gotten a lot better, that is definitely one of the main concerns. But so kind of bringing this back to the point system, um, the way you earn points is finishing in the top 10. Um, so you, if you finish first place, you will get 25 points. And then it scales all the way down to one point for 10th place. And if you finish in the top 10 and you have the fastest single lap, you get a bonus point as well. Oh, okay. that's cool. so, so there's a lot of points on the board at all times um, because, I mean, so in the first race, um, the one of the Mercedes drivers, Lewis Hamilton, he incurred a five-second penalty. Um, so be- that basically moved him from second place down to fourth place. or yeah, second down to fourth. So he went from 18 points to 12 points. And that so that six points can, especially with this shortened season, that can make a huge difference at the end of the year. Okay, now, is there a specific team that you're rooting for uh, being an F1 fan? Um, so the team I always want to do well is Haas because Haas is actually an American-based team. Okay. Um, it's the same Haas that you might hear in uh, NASCAR or other racing leagues. Um, so I always root for them, but honestly, they've been absolute trash. Um, they've <laughs> is, been so is a, bad. Is there a favorite in in F one though? Like a favorite to win it all, right now? Favorite to win it all is Mercedes. Um, so it the league kind of works itself into eras. Um, every like ten years. Right now we're in the modern era. Um, every like ten or so years, there will be new regulations on the cars themselves that totally revamp the league. So after I, I couldn't tell you when the modern era started, to be honest, but after that, um, Mercedes has been the dominant team in the past few years. Um, Lewis Hamilton, their driver, is coming off of six straight drivers' championships, and I believe they won six straight constructors as well. Um, so Mercedes, it's basically Mercedes championship to lose, but the rest of the league generates enough drama that it, it really makes everything interesting. So do we know that Mercedes will most likely win this year? Maybe. But uh, one of the big things is um, fourth place. So the top three teams are kind of known. It's Red, it's Mercedes, Red Bull, and Ferrari. But the fourth place seems to change every year. So honestly, that's usually one of the more interesting championship races than anything is who's going to be getting fourth place. Right, right. Okay, I mean, is. That's that's pretty exciting to me. I don't really know. Like I said, I don't know much about F1 racing. Uh, so whenever I have anything to ask, I go to my boy Greg right here. If you guys have any more questions about F1, hit him up on Instagram. You know what I mean? We got our we got our page. So I'm sure he'd be he'd love to hear your feedback on that, too. Um, 
is there any other news in this racing world that we need to know about before we move on? Um, so one of the big things is, is like I said, the schedule is up in the air. So right now we're looking at 10 races. Hopefully we get more in later. Um, and just one other thing, one big takeaway from, uh, the first two races that I really want to pull out is my personal favorite driver. So like I said, Haas is my favorite team, but my favorite driver is probably his name's Lando Norris. He drives for McLaren and this kid has been racing out of his mind the first two weeks. So, like I said, um, in the first week, Lewis Hamilton had that penalty. So, if you could get within five seconds of him, you would pass it. You'd, you'd be in front of him at the end of the race after he incurs that penalty. Lando Norris, just the absolute definition of clutch, not only made up over almost a second worth of time to get within that five seconds, but he did it running the fastest lap of the race. So he came in, ran the fastest lap on the last lap to get himself his first podium finish, which awesome. is just huge because the kid's 20 years old. Um, he was awesome. a rookie last year, um, but he he raced incredibly well the first week. Um, this week, he passed three drivers on the last two laps to finish in fifth place. So this kid's just really becoming one of the clutch names in in Formula One because he's just the moves he's making and in the last few laps of these two races have just been so much fun to watch. So in Graham's terms, he would say this is the new shiny car in the sport. <laughs> oh yeah, no, oh, yeah, I, I know who Lando Norris is. Yeah, yeah, he. Yeah. Uh, I only know him through watching guys stream Call of Duty. Okay, on YouTube, and he he plays with a bunch of the guys that I. Oh okay, that I watch occasionally. Okay. Yeah, he's actually a really big. Um, I mean, probably in comparisons to like your ninjas and all that, he's not big, but like he actually does. He does streaming and all that. He'll do like racing games. He does Call of Duty. He does a little bit of everything. But so he's got. He's, he's not the most young crowd. Yeah. Ex- I mean, honestly, he, he's 20 years old. He's not super mature. <laughs> no, not, I don't want to say mature. He's not like that 100% business mindset. Okay. All the time. Like he crossed after running that fastest lap, he crossed the line and you just hear him screaming and them like, fuck yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's fucking go. I mean, he was hyped. Yeah. And so it's, he just has a lot more personality than some of the other drivers, which just make it really enjoyable to watch him. I'll Good. tell you what, man. Personality in sports is one of my favorite things. Oh, yeah. Anybody that brings a little personality to something, I'm in. Oh, you remember last year when uh, Trey White picked up the playbook that yes. flew onto the field and you yep. like pretended yep. to read it? Yeah. <laughs> I love that, man, dude. That's good stuff. Yeah. That, yeah. That's real good I stuff. Mean, and we, we talked about it in a past episode, Randy Moss with his antics on oh, the field. Yeah. Dude, oh. Like, this is his show now on ESPN. You yeah. got Moss. Like, yeah. come on, man. Only Randy Moss could get away with that. But yeah, moving on uh, from F1 Racing, another league that finally came out with a schedule, just like the MLB, is the NHL playoff bracket. And this is exciting for all the people out there who have also been waiting for more sports. Graham, why don't you take that one away? From I am so excited, dude. The return of hockey is is the top of my priority priority list right now. Yep. And August first, man, I'm going to be tuned right into my television. August first, there's three <laughs> game or there's five games, not three. Sorry. And I am just super excited, dude. It's it's hard to put into words the return of hockey for me. Is there any? Do you have a favorite going into the playoffs that you think might actually pull this off? Um, not really. No. No. Is there any right. team you don't want to win? The, uh, the Penguins, for sure. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. 
The Penguins, why? Because they're actually good and they know how to play. No, Is because they, they've won like four championships in the last. What about the Blues? Do you want to see O'Reilly win another Stanley Cup? At, at this point, <laughs> the damage is done with O'Reilly and, and the Sabres. So if he wins another one, then good for him. Greg, so, I don't, I don't know. If, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead, go ahead. I'll, I'll get. I, to you. I was just going to ask Graham. Um, so if you don't have a favorite, do you think there's an easier side to the bracket? I do. Is there, is there one conference that's a lot better than the other? Because more, there's more talent in the East. The East is going to be harder. Okay. Okay. So okay. So the West is easier. The West is going to be tight, but it's going to be easier to get through a playoff bracket in the West than it will be the East. But the teams are much closer together. Gotcha. Yes. yes. So like, if I'm looking at the East, the Penguins actually have a pretty easy road to begin with because they play the Canadians. Hell yeah, baby. Which sucks. Why are you rooting for the Penguins? Don't root for the Penguins. I'm a Malkin fan. <laughs> Go ahead and... You're crazy. Me. You know You're what? Crazy, bro. At oh. least they have success. You're not used to that in Buffalo. Yeah. So back to what I was saying, though. August, August 1st is the return of hockey. There's going to be five games August 1st. The Hurricanes, the Rangers, the Jets, the Flames, the Canadians, the Penguins, the Panthers, the Islanders, the Blackhawks and the Oilers. I'm actually pretty pumped about that Blackhawks Oilers uh, series. Me too. I'm a huge Patty Kane fan, another Buffalo guy. If you don't know by now, I'm from like the Buffalo area. I love Buffalo sports, so I love Patty Kane. Uh, Jonathan Taves, another huge fan of him, and honestly, McDavid. I he he's just a different dynamic player. I mean, him and Drysaitel are leading the league in points They're as, crazy. Of, as of right now. How so, about, how about like, do you think if one team like if one team beats this opening scheduling, their first matchup, do you think that they are set to win the whole thing? No, because it's the bracketing isn't really figured out until after this round robin tournament. Okay. So it's for hard to say. Four. Yes, for the top four. So it's hard to say how everything's going to be bracketed out and who's going to have the easiest road until this round robin tournament's done. All right. Greg, do you have any favorites for the NHL playoffs? So. I don't follow it super closely, as everybody knows. Um, but I, with looking into the Oilers a little bit more, we I think me and Graham were talking about them a few weeks ago. Um, like you guys were saying, they got the two top point scores, so it'll be interesting to see how well that uh, they can work out of this playoff bracket. And I have always, I don't know, like whenever like a team moves or they get a new team. I always that always grabs my attention. So I always seem to follow that a little bit more. Um for the NBA was when the Brooklyn Nets became Brooklyn, not New okay. Jersey. Like it, it grabbed my attention. I started to focus a little more. Um for me in NHL, that was the Las Vegas Knights. I I, I kind of followed them a little bit and I watched them their first season and how well they played. So um I'll be interested to see how they come out of that round robin for that top seeding mm-hmm. and see what matchup they get it put into. So are you going to be paying attention to the new Seattle franchise that's going to be coming in after this uh, playoff bracket? I mean, it definitely grabs my attention more so than just the everyday normal thing. So, I mean, I'll probably see who they have on their team after their uh, entry draft and yep. see see kind of if I know any names and kind of see where they're stacking up with everybody else. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, there's been a lot of news coming out of the NHL about a lot of teams that don't really know what to do right now going forward in terms of who they're going to protect because... The salary cap's getting changed. Uh, a lot of big players are actually opting out of this playoff. And it's really setting up teams to kind of have to let go of some good players. Well, yeah, because especially with the uh, salary caps, because a lot of the salary caps, because of the, everything COVID-related, aren't going up as much as they thought or are even going down. And 
as we'll get into later, like teams seem to seem to plan around that. So this is a huge wrench in a lot of teams' plans, don't you think so, Graham? Yeah, I agree. And with the cap being only eighty one and a half million right now, it next year it it might potentially go down because of all the COVID stuff and and like AY said, man, you're gonna be losing some good players. And it it's really only because of the cap like i don't know what they were expected to go for next year but a lot of i, I think th- that they were talking about 86 because there were a lot of teams saying and 90. hoping that they were going to get more money so that they could start giving out bigger contracts yep. and having more contracts uh so i'm i'm actually really curious to see who's going to get dropped i feel like there's going to be a lot of surprise names to get picked by the seattle team in the franchise draft just because of this situation yeah i, do, I agree have they announced what their team name is yet, or is no. it we just they, we just know them as Seattle? We now. just know them as Seattle for right now. I know Seattle Kraken was one of them. I that like was that, that I was like the that. Name I've heard and, a lot. Uh, I've heard a lot worse. Yeah, me too. Honestly, I mean, I with uh, the Washington team right now in football, they're they're in a loop right now. They have no idea what they're naming them, and I'm curious to see how that turns out. Too, yeah, but. I've heard I've heard Washington Warriors, and not not super creative, but I don't mind it either. You know, Graham had a great idea at breakfast this morning when we talked about it. <laughs> he, we, there's a movie out there. I don't know if you ever seen. Have you ever seen The Replacements? No, right? with Keanu Reeves. Oh man, Keanu Reeves plays a quarterback. It's a must-watch football movie for our listeners and for you. If you haven't seen it, it's a must-watch. But it's what funny. was what was that team's name? The that you team said? in that movie was called the Washington Sentinels, and I'm like, Ay, we're gonna get the real life Washington Sentinels. <laughs> Honestly, that that would be a pretty dope name. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, the Washington Sentinels would be pretty cool, and I've totally forgot about it. And he took me on a total memory lane trip when I when he said replacements, and it, it kind of reminded. Me, I don't know if you guys ever seen Second String either. But what's happening right now across sports, you know, we, we briefly touched on it in the MLB, Mike Trout possibly opting out and more hockey players are opting out. But if the NFL gets players who opt out, it's going to be a lot like the second string movie as well, because that was basically a bunch of, of the main players protesting the league for not getting enough money. And they had to throw together all these random guys to, to put a team out on the field and perform. And it's just kind of weird how some of these movies are correlating with life now <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's funny but i heard one name uh for washington i know we got off nhl but i heard one for the red wolves that's just what i heard for Was- which team washington red wolves for football huh but i don't know i i saw an article that said uh some native americans liked it some native americans didn't they liked that they were being recognized on a national stage but a lot of them were offended so i you know you can't really be right or wrong about it because even they are kind of 50 50 on it themselves yeah i mean we'll see how that plays out but But i don't think yeah but yeah back back to the nhl i mean we'll just have to see how the seattle team comes up and who is gonna make it to the top and i'm going for the penguins graham so you can take your salty attitude and shove it because crosby and malkin are gonna take that team to the top i'll tell you what every year when the playoffs start nashville is usually one of my top teams that i root for and if I'm picking a team to root for, it's the Preds, bro. I want to see Pecorine making crazy saves in the Stanley again. Cup Finals. No, <laughs> not choking. <laughs> choking. I want to see Philip Forsberg scoring nasty goals and Victor Arvidsson. Like, I want to see all these guys just have an amazing playoff and win a Stanley Cup in Nashville. I think a Stanley Cup in Nashville would be one of the best things for hockey because Nashville is such a popular city, right? Well, not right now, but it has been in the last couple of years with travel. Yep. I think that if they won a Stanley Cup and put that team more on the map, it, it would be the best thing for hockey. And 
you know, before we started recording today, you said NHL players are a different breed. When yeah, they it comes are a to the sport. Uh, and I really don't think that not having fans in the stands is going to affect the tenacity and the intensity no, that goes so into this. I think this is still going to be high powered. It's going to be, you know, speed everywhere, and it's going to be intense. And I think fans are going to have a good time. I think it's going to be real interesting to actually be able to hear what's going on on the ice. I wonder, yeah, because I'm wondering if we're going to hear them. Well, you you do hear them do. even during even during the regular games. You can hear them talking. Right. I hope they no throw, fans I hope there. They th- yeah, I hope they throw a few mics right over the rink, man. Let us just hear everything. I mean, yeah. Maybe not like, oh, maybe no, not. You don't, you don't want to hear everything <laughs> with a ten second delay. With a ten second delay, you're um, gonna need it. Especially you're probably going looking to the at, box. You're probably looking at like a twenty second delay, especially. <laughs> oh, jeez! Some of the coaches and like players just fighting and Dude, stuff. I I have been craving hockey so bad. I love when guys trash talk. I go onto YouTube and I'll look up guys trash talking each other. And Drew Doughty is one of the best trash talkers in the league. It is hilarious, dude. That guy gets bleeped out like every other word, telling people <laughs> that they suck or that they should go back to the minors. Like, dude, you couldn't even hold my jock like f- yep. like five years ago. What makes you think you can hold it now? You know, maybe that's a way that all these sports could like try to get more money while all this COVID stuff well, is they, happening. They brought it up in the NFL too. Right. Is what if you had a, like NFL R rated and just the regular NFL channel and NFL R rated was you being able to hear all the players mic'd up? And you know you hear them swearing and trash talking. Dude, I would pay for and that. Ho- exactly, you'd pay for it. You would pay for it. Exactly, and I that- would pay for it. But ho- but I don't know if that. I don't know. That would be tough because then, like, bro, it's like XM Radio, but for sports. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, but like, but the NFL tries so hard to keep like their image, <laughs> and professional sports in general, like, try so hard to build up their image that that's going to be a tough sell to them. Listen, you know, if, it, if the XFL <laughs> returns, the XFL should take that idea and run. See, it yeah. And, and that's the thing though. That's the XFL and they absolutely could and would do that. And I would you love know, to see it. <laughs> that would be so funny if you just like had like a 10 year old kid, like this guy's my favorite. Cause he's so nice and all this other stuff. And all of a sudden his dad's got rated R NFL. And he's like, you beep, 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 beep. Yeah. Without the beeps. <laughs> just like, without the beeps. Yeah. Without the beeps. But I'm not going to swear on the mic, but, That'd be funny. And the kid's probably just traumatized. Like, oh, I, I was my was, friend. I thought he was such a nice man. Oh, oh, oh. I need a different role model. <laughs> Mommy. No, then, no, the, no, if anything, then the, then the kid's going to be learning those words. And he's going to be going to school and telling some kid that he's a beep, beep, beep. Yep. Right. But yeah, actually, you know, moving on, talking about the NFL a little bit right now. We weren't here last week. We've stated that before. But Mahomes signs a $503 million deal. What do, you, what do you think about that, Greg? Five hundred three million. The dude's making eight dollars and sixty cents a minute. He's making more than I make in a week and a day, Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of money, and that's a long contract. So it's an extension as well. So he's under contract until twenty thirty one. And man, they put all of their eggs in this basket, man. They really did. I get it. Like, dude, the kid is nuts. He can play so well. But also, he's started, what, three years? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's 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 a big bet. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. It's a big bet. And, I mean, obviously, I, I like Mahomes. So, like, I like to see, like, he's getting paid. He's he's good. That's, like, that is generational money. Like, dude, like, like four generations. You sit and there. So, yeah, you sit there and look at that number. You're just like half a bill. Jesus Christ. I mean, 
if anything, it just quiets down the people who said he should have went and played in the MLB so he can make money there because that's the biggest sports in North American or biggest contract in North American sports. So, yeah, that's yeah. so much money, dude. <laughs> and Graham, I know I know we've talked about it before we on the Buffalo bench briefly, but 10 years, five hundred and three million dollars. I mean, what kind of perspective can you put our listeners into to understand what this could do to a franchise? So this could put a franchise behind by about 10 years, I would say, (laughs) (laughs) because you're looking at the cap that you'll have available in the beginning of his contract. He takes up about 18% of the cap space, which is already crazy. Yeah. Near the end of his contract, he's taken up over a quarter of the cap, assuming the cap doesn't go up. Right. So a quarter of your cap is going to be dedicated to one player. Yeah. How are you going to fill out the rest of your team with th- with three quarters of the cap left? And you're you're going to be paying at least two or three other guys top dollar money. Top dollar, yeah, top dollar money, which is going to be thirty mil. Yeah, twenty five. Well, they have that defensive tackle out there who's asking for big money yeah, right Chris now. Jones. And I feel like this is just going to cause a big problem. Like, yes, dude. If I were Chris Jones, I'd be super pissed. Right. I mean, in a way, yeah. Because let's let's think about this. We've had the Tom Brady's in our lifetime, the Peyton Manning's, Eli Manning's. We've seen greatness at quarterback. None of them. I remember when people were freaking out about Peyton Manning signing a 10-year, $90 million contract, making $10 million a year. And now you got a guy who's 23 years old, 24 years old. Making half a billion dollars. Making half a billion dollars. Like I feel bad for Tom Brady and Peyton now looking at this. Like if anybody should have been Peyton. Yeah, I know. You know yeah, what I mean? They like, are doing just they're, fine. They're doing just fine. But listen, <laughs> we're talking about Tom Brady, and it's hard for me to say this, but the dude won Super Bowls. Well, Tom, Bra- Super Bowls. Tom Brady has always taken a pay cut, though. Yeah. He has no, because he's been on the other side of like where we might see this team go. He's understood that you can't put all your money in a quarterback. Yeah. And he, he took pay cuts because Giselle makes more money than him anyways. And (laughs) he's taking pay cuts to make sure that he gets the best team put around him as possible. Tom Brady's got a sugar mama, bro. (laughs) Dude, he got a a good sugar mama at that, too. All she said, you got to wear them Ugg boots, baby. (laughs) (laughs) She invested in Ugg right before he signed that contract. Yeah, yeah. But But no, man, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because we've, we've seen it before. We've seen teams win... Super Bowls or make Super Bowls with quarterbacks on smaller contracts on their rookie contracts. Mm -hmm. But once they sign them, the teams fall off. We saw it happen with the Ravens after they signed Joe Flacco. The team fell off because they couldn't keep that defense. Right. Right. Seahawks that happened as well. Um, We we've seen it time and over again. I mean, I don't know how much they're betting that that cap is going to go up in 10 years, but like you guys said, 25% of your cap in one player, man. That's going to be tough to overcome. Well, I mean, also think about all the guys with these huge contracts that are playing quarterback right now in the league, like your Kirk Cousins, your Matthew Staffords, your Jimmy Garoppolo's. They haven't won Super Bowls. No. And and now you're paying Patrick Mahomes half a billion dollars. He's got one Super Bowl. Tom Brady's still in the league. Yeah. He can still, I, I think that he can still do it down there in Tampa this year. Oh, my God. Yeah. That, that team he's got around is the best team he's had ever. Lamar Jackson's on his rookie contract. Lamar Jackson arguably had a better year than Patrick Mahomes last year. Yeah. So no. so I want to throw this question out real quick. Lamar Jackson leads the Ravens to a championship this year. And he wants a new contract. Is he making 600 billion? <laughs> I don't know, like, what, man. Dude, what's his you, you're you're opening up a can of worms with this I, contract. I really don't think I think the Chiefs are in a different realm 
of football right now. They just see Patrick Mahomes as this magician, honestly. This is a kid who's done it all. He's scrambled. He's thrown with his left hand. He does the no-look passes. He's the new, as like I say before, Graham's shiny car. I mean, this is somebody who brought a different element to the sport that we haven't seen in a long time. He's exciting to watch. So the the Chiefs know they're probably going to be sold out in their stadium when they can have fans. For the rest of forever. For for as long as he's here. Yes. So that goes into consideration. Considering it's 10 years, it's the rest of forever. Right. And he really doesn't step up into that quarter percentile of the cap until 2027 when he's making about $40 million, $50 million in one year, which is completely crazy. What? I mean, Kirk Cousins made, what, $70 million in three years or something with the Minnesota Vikings? I think so. But, you know, getting back... guaranteed money. They're just in a different... Nobody's going to touch this dollar amount. I really don't think the Ravens will ever offer $500 million. I think Lamar Jackson will be around the 130 to 140 talk. Honestly, I think the only way that they could structure this deal the way that they did do it was to have it at 10 years. If you do any less than that... There's no way they could have done it. No, there's no way. He would have been like 60% of their cap. Yeah. You know, and let's not forget, he still has two years left on his rookie contract. They could have waited even till next year. But, yeah. you know, they won the Super Bowl. Andy Reid was probably like, this is my dude. We can make a dynasty. Andy Reid probably sees this as we're going to be the next greatest dynasty in football for the next 10 years. So, but I like what you were going with, uh, you know, Matt Stafford and Kirk Cousins earlier. Just look at like the Brock Osweiler deal when he was in Denver. Yeah. Look and and those teams that like you stated and like Brock and like those teams were w- so one dimensional because they couldn't afford the other side of the field. Exactly. And this is going to be something and Graham and I have talked about it before, but the Chiefs are going to have to hit gold on just about every single draft pick from here on yeah, out for the next ten years because this is what's going to happen. They're going to draft them. And then five years are going to go by. They're going to have to trade them for picks and then redraft at that position. They're going to be drafting for need and not best player available for the next 10 years. Right. And that's going to put your team. I mean, the Bills, being a Bills fan, we've dealt with that for 20 years, drafting for need and not just the best guy there. And look how bad the Bills have been for 20 years. But the the, the other difference on that is that you have your quarterback. Right. You have him locked up. Right. But Tyreek Hill, man, he's going to want another contract soon. That oh, yeah. dude's one of the most explosive players in football. Travis what are you Kelsey Travis is Kelsey. arguably the best tight end in football right yeah. now. Chris Jones. He's going to want to get paid. His left tackle is one of the best left tackles in the league, too. Schwartz. I mean, this is, this is a team that's going to be paying out some serious dollars. Well, to be fair, Sammy Watkins did restructure his contract in a friendly way to stay and to help with this. Oh yeah, yeah, this they're gonna need a lot of help. They're gonna need yeah, Jesus. They're gonna need, yeah. <laughs> they're gonna need, Jesus. They're gonna need <laughs> Jesus to do anything. I mean, Pat Mahomes, good for you. You know, you're getting paid, but I don't I just don't see how this is gonna turn out well for the Chiefs going forward. And do you have any other lasting comments you'd like to say on that topic, Greg? It's just interesting because I'm looking at um the the cap situation for the Chiefs and everything going forward. And so Patrick Mahomes is the only player on contract past 2024. So he could literally just play with two entirely different teams and this one contract. And he's probably going to have to, because like you said, they're going to just be turning over players after player, after player, after player when they, whenever they want contracts, because dude, I don't know, man, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because like I said, this is a big bet and we're going to have to see how it works out because I mean, if they don't, if they don't draft right or they could they could put themselves into a tough spot because 
I don't believe that there's an opt-out in this 10-year contract. I think he is going to be a Kansas City Chief till 2031. So they've got to figure it out and figure it out quick. Now, Greg, I posed this question to AY on our other show, The the Binge. Uh, We were discussing, because we're closer to this than most people, because the Bills traded away that pick for Patrick Mahomes to the Chiefs. We were talking about, would you really want a guy like your quarterback taking up a quarter of your cap and and hindering your team for the next 10 years. Like how would you feel if you, if the giants had done something like this with Danny Jones with Danny Jones, I would, I would become a Buffalo bills fan. If they signed Daniel Jones to a 10 year, 500 million. <laughs> well, let's just say he's as good as if, Mahomes. Like, would you, if, would if you I had, if my team had Mahomes, yeah, if my team had Mahomes and they signed him to this contract, I mean, like, would I you mean, be, would you be weary of it? Oh, I would, it would definitely be mixed feelings. I mean, because, yeah, we got Patrick Mahomes for 10 years. Yeah. And the kid is amazing. And he is honestly, he's he's going to change the game as much as Michael Vick did, if not more. Right. Um, Because, I mean, he was the kid growing up watching Mike Vick. And now he's in the league. Lamar Jackson's going to do the same thing, though. Well, well, and I'm saying they're both product of watching Michael Vick play. And so it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see the kids coming up and see if more kids are trying to emulate these guys and see how much offense has changed, kind of like how the uh, NBA changed with Steph Curry. So, mm-hmm. but but yeah, man. I mean, mixed feelings definitely because yeah, you got Patrick Mahomes, but it just depends on what you, what we're going to put around him for ten years. So yeah, man. I mean, I definitely had mixed feelings if I was the one dealing out this contract. Well, since we're since we're diving into the owner's mindset, I got a quick question for the both of you. I'd like both of you to touch on one player this offseason that's really been loud and vocal about wanting to make money is Dak Prescott. Now, where do you think he's Ooh. at after Ooh. seeing this contract? Ooh. I know he's not worth five hundred million dollars, but this dude was only talking like I don't even know what his number was. I at. think it was like thirty five or forty a year, a year. So it's it's I'm I mean, wondering it's, it's kind of comparable. I'm wondering if this is something where Dax would be like, uh, hey, Jerry. Yeah, at least half this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, I think I think the minimum he wanted to take was like thirty five. Right. Yeah. Thirty five to thirty seven million dollars a year um, on a five to six year contract is what he wants. And and where do so you, that's going to where do you think, you know, with the Cowboys, Greg, where do you think they might have to go with this? Or do you think the Cowboys are looking for a quarterback next year? I don't think like if this is going to reset the quarterback market, man, like what are these guys? Dak Prescott's going to want to get paid. I know that. Right. I mean, because he's looking at Kirk Cousins as well. Well, the thing of it is, is like he even in Mahomes' contract, like you said, it's so spread out. He's not making 40 mil a year at all. He gets up to 38 mil in his and base salary. He gets up to 38 mil his last year. Mm -hmm. So even then, like he didn't break the 40 mil mark. Now with the bonuses involved, yeah. Well, yeah, with the bonuses. But when they're talking, um, when they're talking dollar amount per year, they're not talking bonuses, right? Um, Right. So does maybe Dak get there on a forty million for a shorter contract, like a four year, forty million dollar contract, dude? I wouldn't do it. I would. I and I mean, maybe it's partially biased being being a Giants fan, man. But right, right. Dak Dak has not shown me why he's a $40 million quarterback. Mm-hmm. He has shown me that with a good team around him, he can lead the team to success. Right. Right. But as soon as Ezekiel Elliott gets hurt, as soon as Ezekiel Elliott gets suspended, mm-hmm. he, 
it shows his flaws. So I don't, I don't think I'd be giving him 40 mil. Does he get it? I don't know, man. Jerry Jones is just <laughs> That's Jerry right. Jones, dude. He's one of the hardest owners to try and guess what they're going to do. So I'm not even going to try to, but if I was the owner, I want to be giving him 30, 40 mil. Well, it'd be a lot closer to that 33, 35 number. If that, the thing I was getting at and grandma, bring it back to you. I feel like this could be used as a double edged sword. Yes. Like Jerry Jones could be like, uh, Pat's not making $35 million until 2027 right. as a salary. He won a Super Bowl. You didn't. So right. we're going to pay you $20 million a year. Right. But then you can also, like like you said, you can look at Kirk Cousins and be like, well, Kirk Cousins hasn't won a Super Bowl. And he's looking and, and at he's, Wentz, too. And, he, and he's making all this money. Yep. And, and, like, it's this is the most difficult question I think you've ever asked me. This is a blister in football. Yes. This is a blister. This is something where it's like you got half the people are like, no, don't pop it. And then other people are like, hell yeah, pop that thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this is a this is a mindset where it all depends on which side you want to be on. If you want to be on the player side and all for the players making more money, mm-hmm. or if you want to be on the owner's side of going look this and but like there's there's a lot of money that can go around. Yeah. But I'm well, not gonna give it all to one guy. Yeah. Well, you could definitely be in the middle of that too. Um just hoping your your owner pays the players their due, but also keeps enough for everybody else i mean like i'm not against i'm not against players getting paid at all I'm, but i mean dallas has to be smart about this because well they just resigned amari cooper and ezekiel elliott to huge yeah, contracts mm-hmm. yeah so they have those two on huge contracts um with the length of deal that dak prescott would probably be looking at um the name totally escapes me but the uh wide receiver they just drafted CD Lamb. CD Lamb. CD Lamb. His contract is four or five years, so most likely during Dak's contract, his contract would come up too. You have that offensive line. You got to pay. You got to have a comparable defense to make a Super Bowl run. Mm-hmm. You got to be smart about it. And honestly, it all depends on how sold Jerry Jones is on Dak Prescott. And that's I what think, it comes down to. I feel like if he was sold, the decision would have already been made. Right. Definitely. And I feel like a lot of owners going forward, not just the Cowboys, but a lot of owners going forward are going to use this as kind of like a tool to manipulate their players a little bit. I agree. Uh, for the simple fact of Mahomes isn't really wreaking havoc on this uh, team until 2027. Right. And until then, he's only getting paid kind of like uh, Kirk Cousins money, really, per year. So a lot of teams, I think, are going to look at their quarterbacks and be like, hey, man, Super Bowl winner, MVP cover of Madden only makes this for the next six years. We're not even going to touch that if that's what he's making. Right. Or these players should come in and say, hey, we're young, we're devoted, and we want to win Super Bowls. And I feel like that's where Dak Prescott's going to fall short. I think Dak's playing for another team next year. I don't I think he's on a franchise tag again. I don't They can't. It's tough. They can't franchise tag him again next year. Yeah, no, with, the new, with the now with the new CBA, I don't think you can. I really? think you can only franchise tag one year. You can't I franchise two in a row. I think if they're on their fifth year option, you can franchise tag them and then franchise tag them again. But if gotcha. they're not on their fifth year option, you would only get it once. So, okay, I don't know. And they've got a lot coming up. I mean, you guys hit the nail right on the head. I mean, that offensive line is already one of the highest paid in the league. Yep. And you've just signed Amari Cooper, one of the most advanced wide receivers. Zeke Elliott, we all know him. Uh, but that defense has been slacking for the Cowboys. I mean, well, you just let Byron Jones walk in free agency. Exactly. So that secondary's tore up. I mean, they got some good draft picks back there that they're hoping can come in and step up. But at the end of the day, they're going to want to get paid too at some point. So, yeah. I mean, and you, you brought up a great point. CD Lamb's contract is going to be coming up in four or five years, which is probably what Dak Prescott wants. Yeah. And he's probably looking for, 
like we said, 35 to $40 million. Mm-hmm. I'm not paying him that. No. Personally, I'm paying Dak min- maximum of $30 million Dude, a year. Even if Josh Allen has an MVP year this year, I'm not paying Josh Allen $35 million a year. No. I'm not. I, I like the bills will not pay that. They'll probably going to like the highest Josh will get is probably 22, 25 mil. And that's it. And that's a lot of money. I feel like you can live pretty comfortably and take care of yourself and your health. And I think a lot of it also is the type of the difference between the type of person Josh Allen is and the type of person Dak Prescott is right. Dak Prescott seems like that guy that wants his money, wants to get paid, doesn't care who it bothers. And let's look at Russell Wilson. What the hell is he thinking right now? Russell Wilson is probably <laughs> thinking, dude, uh, should I have tried to get this contract earlier? Seriously, like, like what, what am I doing now? I, I'm, I'm just I've kinda, won Super Bowls. I'm just kind of wondering, like, how Mahomes' agent even approached this. Like, was this the first deal, or did he come in at like, hey man, six hundred and fifty million, and the Chiefs are like, what? Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, how, how's five hundred million? Yeah, how did they, like, where did this ten year contract come yeah. from? I don't even remember the last time somebody signed a ten. Yeah, we. That was a question I want to ask you too, Greg. Uh, Graham and I were talking about that a little earlier. Do you even remember the last time there was a 10-year contract and in the NFL? NFL? Yeah. That's what that's what I was leading with, man. Dude, this is a, I I I thought I read an MLB contract. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like like I thought is, honestly I thought it was an NHL contract. Yeah. Yeah, or NHL, yeah. Um I'm googling it right now. I'll see if there's any other uh 10-year contract. Yeah, anything. The the fact that I have to google it. I mean, yeah. yeah. That just goes to show that this isn't this Normal. isn't common. It's like unprecedented. I feel like this is really going to mess up the league. I it, don't, it, it's going to hurt I, and help people. Honestly, but. man, I th- I think that it's it's going to make teams. I, I think it, when this contract's almost done, it's going to give teams a good idea of, of if it's okay to sign players to extended contracts or if it's not a good idea at all. Right. Because at the end of this contract, Patrick Mahomes could be just ass. Yeah. Like he could suck real bad. Yeah. Get probably, hurt. I mean, what probably if- not going to happen. Now, what happens if you're Andy Reid and this dude goes down? You know what I mean? You're You're guaranteed money. Let's say he gets a a career-ending, career-ending injury, let's just say. And there's no opt-out. There's no opt-out. You're paying this dude $500 million. He becomes the Bobby Bonilla of the NFL. It it would be catastrophic. But, uh, you know, I think you guys really hit the nail on the head with this one. I I think uh, this is going to be adventurous. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, man, it's going to be something, which, by the way, Bobby Bonilla will still be getting paid by the Mets when this contract is finished, which is awesome. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby Bonilla day was like two weeks ago. God, so, man, that guy's his agent. I want his agent as my agent. You know, you can you Genius. can keep you Genius. can keep the 500 million Mahomes. But this dude at that year, time, 30 years or at that. Is, yeah, especially at that time, you in know, that day and age, you like, know, what's crazy is that there's a lot of kids that are like in high school now. They have no idea what Bobby Bonilla like, no. well, like why he's getting paid or anything. Oh, but yeah, just to finish off, so 10-year contracts. Uh, Donovan McNabb signed a 12-year contract with the Eagles in 2002 for $115 million. <laughs> Brett, Brett Favre signed a 10-year 100 mil with the Packers in 2001. Drew Bledsoe signed a 10-year $103 million deal with the Patriots. God, that's hilarious because that's the year uh, Brady took over, right? A yeah. one? Yep. Uh, yeah, Michael the, Bill, the Bills took that contract. <laughs> Michael Vick t- signed a 10-year 130 mil with the Falcons on in 2004. Dante Culpepper, 10 years 102 million with the Vikings in 2003. Um every single one of these quarterbacks did not finish their um finish these deals. 
Yeah, and that, I think that's nope. what's going to no. happen here. I think so, too. I think they're either going to have to restructure, because I'm telling you, that 2027 mark is when they're really going to find out if they're hurting as an organization or not. This is. I think they find out a lot sooner than that. Because uh, they're going to have to get rid of Kelsey or Tyreek Hill. I mean, they're already on the edge about Chris Jones, and Chris Jones is one of the most dominant interior defensive linemen in the league. And if you're on the edge about him, I can't imagine the type of headaches you're going to get going down the line here. Well, based on what Greg said with that, that contract talk there. Yeah. It's been since the early 2000s since somebody has signed a 10 year contract. Yeah. I think that the team's kind of learned that you can't do it. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs are just, they're, they're gambling. You know, I really hope that more information comes out about this. I really want to know how $500 million became a number because that is astronomical to even those names that you just, Mike Vick, $100 million. Brett, Brett Favre, Favre, $100 million. Where did this $500 million mark come from and what were they even gauging it off of? Because it's astronomical. It's, it's, all, it's only been 15 years since the last one was signed. And I'm telling you what right now, if I'm on the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes asked me to go out to dinner, that motherfucker's paying. <laughs> <laughs> you better not ask me to tip nothing. You are paying every single time we go out to Paying for my Uber, <laughs> home, everything. Yeah, you're, uh, you're everything. You're paying for my house. Yo, if I point. break my leg protecting you, you're paying my doctor bill. <laughs> <laughs> but hey. As always, guys, it's a pleasure uh, walking around the cul-de-sac with you. Do you guys have anything else you'd like to finish up? Graham, let's start with you. No, I just want to say thanks, everybody, for listening. You guys can go check us out at woodbine underscore sports on Instagram. There you'll get all your information all the time. Go like and follow that page. Also, we got the Buffalo Binge every Mondays with AY and myself. We love doing that. We love getting that out to you guys, and hopefully you guys keep listening to that. All the support that you guys have been giving us for both podcasts has been fantastic. I just want to say thank you. Yeah. How about you, Greg? Anything? Um, I just appreciate everybody listening. I appreciate you guys wanting to get together just about every week and talk sports with me. And it's always a good time, even if uh, I'm just dragging you guys along with some Formula One news or whatever. Man, <laughs> I always have a good time with you guys, no matter what. Oh, absolutely. It's always a pleasure getting together. And, you know, like Graham said, thank you guys for tuning in. And if you have any feedback, if you have anything against what we're saying or any opinions of yourself about anything we talk about, don't be afraid to hit us up on our account and uh, we'll get back to you and we'll talk about it. And, you know, thanks again for walking around the cul-de-sac, and we love having you. Enjoy yourselves, guys. See ya. See ya. See ya.